Is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. <laughs> I'll leave that in, don't worry. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Hi, and welcome to the Beer Nakes podcast. My name is Jessica, and I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Hello. And today we're reading <laughs> Luke chapter 14. Yes. All right. Oh, and I'm going to start us off. Mm -hmm. And All you're going right, to read like the begin. whole chapter. <laughs> Pretty much. I wanted to read a lot. Mm -hmm. I like reading. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately put him out, pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told them, he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, My friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost, to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish... All who are watching it will, be, will begin to ridicule him, saying, The person began to build, and he was not able to finish. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, 
will not first sit down and consider whether he will be strong enough with 10,000 men to face the one coming against him with 20,000. Otherwise, while others, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and requests terms of peace. So then none of you can be my disciple, who does not give up all of his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but even salt has even but if even salt has become tasteless, with what will it be seasoned? It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile, so throw it out. The one who has ears to hear, let them hear. Nice. Short chapter, but a good one. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts As about they all it? Are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. There's no like lame chapters. Um Yeah, again, we just see this like pattern of you know, why why is everyone so upset that he's doing good on a Sabbath? You know. Yeah. It seems so odd to me. Um especially when he's like if your son fell into a well or your ox fell into a well, I mean you would get all your buddies and go try to save them, get it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was going to cost you something or if it was someone you loved, but to someone that they weren't related to or didn't care about, they, you know, look down on Jesus for healing them. It's yeah. Like, really? Well, it just, again, he's pointing out their hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like there's more to this parable of, the guests and the the great the banquet, dinner. yeah. Then, then I quite understand. But is are the people that were first invited supposed to be the the Jews? I mean, that's what is, I assume when that, I hear the, that. Is that the picture that it's kind of making, where it's like, oh, you were invited, but then they all have excuses or reasons to not show up, and so. Yeah, they well, I mean, I I read this the other day, like, mm-hmm. on audiobook, or the audio Bible, mm-hmm. and that's, I guess, just what I had assumed, but I didn't go into it and actually look and research it. But, I mean, it makes sense in that context, you know? Yeah, because he does the parables, or the parable there, and then he implores you, obviously, that if you're going to be his disciple what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously something everyone struggles with who calls themselves a Christian, themselves a Christian, you know? Well, yeah. Because we constantly want to do our own thing. Even though uh, we say something else. <laughs> I know, right? Why do we always do that? Uh, it's like a daily I think it's thing. Part of being a human, <laughs> yeah. Or and it's, human. it like creeps up on you. I don't know. Maybe it's a bad habit, but it's like I realize I have to regularly, consciously stop myself throughout the day and just think to myself, like, it's literally, it's not about what I want. You know. Like, I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Christ. Like, this is his will. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't know, it's such a a discipline that you have to develop. Yeah. Well, it's something I think you have to strive for every day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not not natural. It's not 
It goes against the flesh. Yeah. For sure. It goes against every everything that you want, you know? Um, And another one that always gets me is where if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, and yes, even his own, own life cannot be my disciple. That's verse 26. And I have a little footnote here, and it says, in comparison to his love for me. So that right. hate there is not like... It's not you a commandment hate, to hate your family. You actually hate them. It's just <laughs> you, your love for Jesus, Jesus and God should not be even comparable. Should be tenfold, twentyfold. Right. You know, your love for, for these other people in your life. And, you know, when you really think about that, it's really convicting sometimes. Especially like, you know... Like, these are supposed to be, at least in our society, these are supposed to be, you know, the people that you love mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, gosh, over, yeah. Over your own life, right? Right. And yet, they are, they are supposed to be in the same category as your own life in comparison, like, to your love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Can I bring something up? Mm-hmm. So, it's... It's a good thing to be selfless and care about, like, your kids before yourself. I'm just coming at this from, like, a mother's perspective. Mm -hmm. But I see so many times on social media of mothers and women saying, oh, my children are the reason for living. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you cannot put them in that category. Like, I get what they're trying to say, but it comes dangerously close to idolizing your children and that's well, just I've not good for them further, or where for they're you. like this is my religion and they post a picture oh of their I've, child. I've never seen that i've seen that a couple <laughs> times yeah and the reality of it is is that's that's misplaced you know, it that's, is you're creating an idol you you can create an idol out of your children and society says that's a good thing like mm-hmm. that's why people have kids right is so that they can have success and they can, you can like almost live vicariously through them. And I'm curious if that's why, like, I don't know with, uh, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but anyways, we'll just move on. <laughs> but yeah, just, uh, well, it really does a disservice to your children if you are idolizing them. It's, it's a delusion too, because they're like, I don't know how to, how to put this, but like every child's going to grow up and do their own thing. Right. And as a parent, part of your children's grow- growing up is you're going to lose control of that child. Mm-hmm. So in what way, and then I, when you're making an idol out of a child, you want to also have some sort of control over that child Ooh. because you have a margin of success, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's really, it's kind of, yeah. it's a yeah. selfish pursuit. And it's very out of your hands too. And, but when you put God first, when you are living for Christ, mm-hmm. you're actually able to love your children better as you should. Well, you should be because showing. Because you realize they're people. <laughs> you should be modeling, mm-hmm. modeling your love of God to your kids. Mm-hmm. Because it it also is bad the other way where the kid idolizes the parents. That's not good either. Yeah, 
And so it's like, I don't know. It's just constantly fighting against all these things. No one does it perfectly. No one, you know, mm-hmm. there are people that you could say objectively do it well and people who don't, but it's just kind of messy. <laughs> you know what Keegan, what part of Keegan's prayer tonight, it mm-hmm. was so cute. He's been praying like, God, help mama to teach me to love you. And I, I like, I love that so much. It warms my mama heart. Yeah. Because that is essentially what my job is. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, keep them alive. But Feed teach them. them to love the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And that's not an easy task. But yeah, you do by modeling. And by not telling your kids that like oh you're the reason that i'm alive like i see that so many times like my children saved me and it's like and it's still hard though because like even even if you model well sometimes there's still not that like um sometimes kids still aren't going to grasp that or you know like no matter how much you do, no much no matter how much like work you put into it, it's still all in God's hands. Oh yeah, it's you know salvation's so, always a work of God. Well, yeah, and then their quality of life, you know, it's like I remember I forget who I was talking to, but they were they were telling me, you know, is your your like bar of success for your kids? being like a doctor they have a good income they get married they have kids right or is your bar of success that they work at wendy's but they know the lord you know what i mean like oh yeah it's which one of these things is more important and obviously you hope for both but (laughs) you hope that they have i just hope that they faithfully serve god in any way that they're called yeah. I don't know what that's going to look well, like. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's God's plan. It's not ours. So yeah. whatever we concoct for them in our minds or push them I don't them know. It's interesting just... because I don't, I don't think I let myself go there. Maybe mm. I used to. But I, I never, like, imagine my kids' futures anymore. Because it's so, like, I've just realized it's so out of my control. Why even think about it? Like, I help them have the tools that they need for their future but i'm not like oh i wonder how many kids they're gonna have or who they're gonna marry like it's not up to me like it's just pointless to do that in my mind i think a lot of people it's it's fun yeah to probably well i definitely used to do it let's be clear but i try not to anymore yeah i don't think it's inherently a bad thing it's just i guess just how you you go about building your kids up, you know, mm-hmm. with what foundation are you are you putting under their feet? Right. Are you training them in the way they should go? You know, or are you Are you teaching are them you where them they should find their identity? If they take an AP calculus class, everything will be okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> you, you know, it's just it's it, it's just so messy. I I like it's a miracle that anything works out in parenting. <laughs> That's all I know. Like I I get upset and I don't model well. And then Jess is like, Ryan. And I'm like, oh. 
but hopefully my kids aren't too scarred. <laughs> uh, we're all That's what sinners, my parents used Ryan. to say. My parents used to say, you just make all your mistakes with your first one. Oh, and trust then, me, you have plenty more and, for the second. And then, and then and the second the next and third one. one, you have a little more figured out. So. <laughs> we'll just go with that. Uh, it's all in God's hands. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my hands. <laughs> We'd be screwed. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I love you, Ryan. Love you, too. Thank you for uh, reading this chapter with me. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.